I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and welcome back from a wonderful holiday hopefully you didn't eat too much turkey and pass out because that has been known to happen in my house so um let me introduce my co-hosts with the most mr carl duty Oh, there's so much stuff to talk about. I can't even come up with something quippy to say other than <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> you, 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 you still don't quite have whatever it is he has in that accent of his. <laughs> well, I'm not British. I'm not an actor. He's Scottish, baby. He's Scottish. Um, but we will be talking about, of course, Jessica Jones um, later in this episode. But I have one more wonderful co-host to introduce, and that would be Mr. Eric Smith. Hello, everyone. I also have nothing quippy to say. I'm just here to counterpoint all the points. <laughs> we're very pointy. All um, the points will be countered. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this episode's extra long because we have a lot to talk about. We did not so have a show last week week yes carl's and he's overwhelmed with how much we got to talk about but um later on in this episode um joining us will be aaron natel she is one of the co um creators of dr puppet because one of the biggest things to happen this week was in fact the first part of the series slash season finale of Doctor Who, which um, people, including myself, is um, they're saying it's one of the, if not the best episode ever of the series. And um, it's it's setting up some major, major, major stuff. And it was great. And so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about the finale and the Christmas special when she comes on. But first, we have a lot to go over, as Carl has been saying. And let's start off with our TV recaps. Um, firstly, we're going to talk The Walking Dead. And I got to tell you, uh, I, as well as a lot of other people, were very underwhelmed by the mid-season finale of The Walking Dead. That is what I have heard. I still have not seen any of this season. There's so much going on, which is why we have so much to talk about. And Walking Dead has fallen by the wayside, but I, I keep my ear to the ground. And, yeah, a lot of people seem to be just uh, it kind just, of meh. Nothing happened. I mean, the big thing was, of course, that the, the tower finally fell and 
the wall got knocked down. And so you have all of these walkers streaming into Alexandria and really nothing happened other than people ran into their homes and stayed there. And the giant horde of, you know, meat eating zombies couldn't get into a house. (laughs) I mean, even, um, at the one point that uh, they they do raid the house that Rick and company are in, this magical couch is able to keep them from coming up the <laughs> stairs. They, they they plant a couch there, and this horde of zombies can't get through it. So it just was so underwhelming. Nothing really happened. Um, it just it, it was really really lame. And um, you can read my review up on fangirlmag.com. Um, But one thing I think AMC is really screwing up here is the fact that they are pushing into the Bandlands so hard and using The Walking Dead as a way to do it. And uh, so much so that they actually said their post-credit sequence for this episode, uh, they had one. It was actually during Into the Badlands. So what? that was that was a lie. It wasn't actually the post credit sequence was really post credit, as in it was the post <laughs> beginning credit sequence for Into the Badlands. Post post credit. Yeah, it was, and and really the only, and that was really the coolest part of this whole episode, which is you get to hear the word Negan for the first time. So, uh, they're they really underwhelmed, and and it actually is the lowest rated Walking Dead episode ever. Wow. Okay, yeah. Hold, hold on a second here. Hold on a second. I I don't watch Walking Dead. Sorry. Um, but if there's one thing that my Facebook and Twitter feed have been complaining about for the past couple weeks is the death of Glenn. Now, if I understand correctly, you guys found out that Glenn is not dead, and now you're complaining still. Would you make up your mind? Oh, I, I, I didn't really care. My big thing with that whole deal was the fact that it was obviously a massive trolling by AMC. And, you know, and, and the fact that they're bringing Negan on, who is a key player in, in, in spoiler alert, the comic book death of Glenn. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that if they had, had cheapened it and done it the way they'd done, they, everyone thought it had happened was ridiculous especially when they announced that they had cast him because this week you could hear the squealing glee of a thousand fans out there because they found out that not only was glenn alive but in all likelihood john snow is alive too yeah with that that the poster of him with the bloody tears or whatever it's supposed to be john snow is on the walking dead now well yeah yeah crossover (laughs) he's got a movie out called mi5 that you can watch on, um, this is random, Jessica, but I just saw the commercial for it. And he's like, he, he's like John Bauer, I guess you'd call it, because he's the secret super agent guy in this movie. And he's got the Jon Snow hair. I, I heard of it. I heard of it. I saw the poster for it. And quickly, I was like, didn't we already have Mission Impossible 5? I, I kind of want to <laughs> see it just because it's. He he looks like you know he doesn't normally keep his hair like that. It's kind of like a con- he actually has a contract stipulation that he has to have his hair that long for the character, and it's so funny because here's Jon Snow hopping around like freaking uh, Jason Bourne in this movie, and I'm like I I may actually rent this just to to see what this is all about. But uh, moving on from The Walking Dead, um, we won't be getting another Walking Dead until Valentine's Day. 
Um, and we probably won't be seeing Negan himself until the end of the season. And that's the big thing. A lot of people are, are wondering if, um, and I, I kind of hope they do this. Um, a lot of people are thinking that Daryl is going to take the place of Glenn when it comes to Lucille. And no. you don't think they're going to do it? You think they're going to keep him? Because they're already going the plot line where Maggie's pregnant. No, I, I still believe that outside of contract disputes or behind-the-scenes issues, Rick and Daryl will never die on the show. <laughs> Unless it's in the very last episode. And then Michonne, Carl, and Carol are next in line for not death. You know, there's a 95% chance they'll survive. Oh, good. And then, I was about to say, if I'm going to die, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Get in the house! <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, oh, I mean, wow. I, I could be totally wrong, but I truly believe Rick and Daryl will never die on this show unless some behind-the-scenes machinations cause them to be taken off the show. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be Glenn. It's not going to be Daryl. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they it, it that leaked footage that I got in trouble for, thank you very much, <laughs> um, it was obvious that's the scene. And you can't tell who he's hitting with the bat. So, because it was, I think it may have even been like a, a stand-in setting there because it was definitely the point of view of looking up at Negan kind of a thing they were filming. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I I almost hope it's, it, this is evil part of me, almost hopes it's Daryl. Oh, I'd love to see that. Because he's too safe. It, it's it, there's a point where a character, you know, you're, they're never going to kill Rick because that would just completely, you know, you have to have Rick. That's a mandatory character. But Daryl is so beloved at this point, and it's just he is almost too safe of a character. Yeah. So I I don't know. I know a lot of people that would literally kill me. Um, if for that, and I'm sorry, it's just, I think for a storytelling part of it, it would be amazing to see. There's only one thing I absolutely want to see from this show. And that is Carl losing his eye. And then some girl licking his eye socket. What Uh, did you do? (laughs) That that happened though. (laughs) That happened though in the comic book. See, I thought that was going to happen. Um, in the last couple of episodes because there's a kid that really hates him that wants to, that had a gun. I thought he was going to get shot. So, um, but anyway, that's the walking dead. We're not going to get it again until Valentine's day. They're already saying they're already playing damage control with this episode. Um, and getting ready to, uh, say how the the, the tone of the show is going to change completely. And by the way, kids in the Holocaust in the, I was going to say kids in the apocalypse suck. (laughs) <laughs> Don't have children in the apocalypse because they really suck. Um, and everyone stole my joke. I immediately posted about this kid who was, they're walking through the horde covered in guts. His name's Sam. Sam's a complete idiot. And he's going, mom, mom. While oh, I saw the Muppets meme. Oh, my God. You know, I immediately posted the, that scene from Stu, with Stewie going, mom, mom, mommy, mommy. Mommy, <laughs> mom. Mom, Lois, Lois, Lois. Lois. Hi. 
<laughs> that's exactly that was that was the first thing that came into my head and then everybody ripped me off so anyway that was the uh the season or the mid-season finale we get it again in Val- on valentine's day and i'm not sure but typically nicotero is the one to direct the the those second sets of uh the season of the first episodes and typically lots of people die when he's helming them so he wasn't the director of this one which told me a little bit of how it would go um so we have to talk jessica jones oh yeah we do (laughs) which may be one of the most amazing marvel stories told over the last what 10 years this has been going on with the marvel cinematic universe um and i i have to say I, it, people can't mock this as some sort of comic book crap because this had some of the most complex characterizations of of uh, the lead characters in this I've seen. It did not pull punches when it came to really, really effed up stuff. And I, I was, I knew David Tennant would knock it out of the park. Because I've seen a movie called Secret Smile where he played a really gr- just just sleazy, screwed up in the head sociopath. So I knew he would do this well. And I just absolutely loved everything about it. Um, and Jessica Jones is a flawed character. She's not perfect. And that's part of the reason I really, really like her. Um, and Kristen Ritter did an amazing job with her too. So I am going to now hand this off to the boys so they can talk. Carl, after you. Uh, wow. This, this show was absolutely incredible. I didn't really know what to expect going in. I don't have a lot of familiar familiarity with this character. Uh, don't really have a lot of experience with them. The most experience I had with Jessica Jones was, uh, some of the appearances she made in, the original new Avengers book when her and Luke Cage uh, with their child moved into Avengers tower. Oh, so you hadn't seen, you hadn't read alias. I I had not read alias. Oh oh, yeah. Um, So like I flipped through some of the books and I was, so I was kind of fresh going into this and it did not disappoint at all. Uh, This show Nails it on pretty much every level. The uh, David Tennant brings to life probably the best live-action Marvel villain we have seen to date. And yes, that is including Loki. Um, what this series to me did was it took uh, a world that we're used to very big and very grandiose and broke it down and told an extremely personal story of this woman and what is essentially um, I heard uh, Mark Bernardin say on Fat Man, Bad Man, I really agree with it. It's essentially a rape recovery story. Totally. And it's just the way it's performed. Uh, Kristen Ritter is fantastic. Uh, again, David Tennant is incredible. It It's 13 episodes like Daredevil. Um, and it just, I, I was blown away by, by how good it was. I liked the fact that it was a smaller 
story compared to what we are used to with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, even though Daredevil was a still a smaller story compared to the cinematic stuff, it was because they have 13 episodes to work with. Uh, they can tell a much more in-depth story and in a lot of ways a better story. Um, but even still, Daredevil was as amazing as it was, was still a, you know, superhero, the supervillain type story. Whereas this was just so much more personal. Well, I think that was part of it was due to the focus of Kilgrave on her. And that's why everything that was destroyed was something that touched upon her. Everything he he doesn't, he like doesn't... He, he, yeah, he doesn't want to conquer the world. He's not after the Infinity Stones. He has he has motivation unlike any Marvel villain live action we have seen to date. His motivation is solely Jessica Jones. He wants what he can't have. Yeah, he wants what he can't have, and that's why she's such a nice, tasty little morsel for him because she is on. He can't control. He knows it's all honest, and that's the tragedy of Kilgrave to me is. He wants something real because he does. He he's he is a villain because of how his mind has been twisted by his own power, and yeah. and he wants something real, and that's something he says a few times: is I don't know when it's not fake. Yeah, like when they took those couples episode, those couple episodes, like middle late series, mm-hmm. and really flushed out his background. Like, you started to feel for him. As much as he shows over and over again that he is a villain and he is evil, you get to understand where his evilness comes from. And whereas you don't condone it, you understand it. might be a little less quick to condemn it. Well, because you don't know what you would do if you had it would probably oh, yeah. be, you wouldn't be out to conquer the world you'd be like i want to date the person i never had the, the chance with exactly i, I want the, the power class. that yeah. it's the power that brings out your true nature and when you give power like that to the to a child mm-hmm. as they show in the in the series and he doesn't have a chance to properly develop you see how twisted that can become oh yeah you know it was it was so brilliantly played and once again david Tennant acting chops of doom he can he nails it yeah and uh it's he and he he's really good with that like a guy like him who can play hamlet like he did you know yeah. he, he can portray that tragedy and and do the balance like and his richard his uh richard i think is the second is the same way you know the mad kind of crazy king aspect and he he nails it so. Yeah, and it's it's also like I like how even though it felt disconnected from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the type of story that it was, they had oftentimes referenced things that happened. Majorly in the last episode. To give you that kind of reminder that, hey, this is happening in this universe and this is kind of all connected. Yeah, and, of I, course, yeah, in the last episode, I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric, we need to let you talk. <laughs> like hogging this whole thing. Well, it's it's time for the counterpoint, and it's a mild one. I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. Christian Ritter was amazing. I've been a fan of her since the second season of Veronica Mars, and she was a perfect choice 
for Jessica Jones. Um, and she just was incredible. David Tennant, of course, was if you didn't love him before, you have to love him after this. Yeah. Um, great seeing Luke Cage. I can't wait for his series. Always been a big fan of that character. Um, <clears throat> this was an amazing show, but I may have made a mistake in literally watching every episode in one sitting. <laughs> aside, aside from aside from bathroom breaks and going down to the kitchen to get something to eat, I did nothing but watch all 13 episodes as soon as it hit Netflix. Dude, even and, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I did over the course of the weekend. Um, so I don't know if that's why. It just, and I have to say, I love the show. But there was a point where it started to feel repetitive. It was... Confront Kilgrave, he gets away. Confront Kilgrave, he gets away. Capture Kilgrave, he gets away. Capture Kilgrave, oh, he got away again. I, I agree, and I think I, I got that kind of a vibe too. But it's, it, I think part of it is the fact that in Daredevil, it wasn't just, um, like, right. It wasn't, it wasn't just, just that one person. You had his cool henchman guy that was such a neat character and was throughout it and you had a couple of other characters as well um but in this it was so focused and so personal to Kilgrave, and that was the only villain of his people that he had working for him it also seemed to copy a little bit of daredevil where daredevil was they had to prove there was a kingpin and then get the evidence against him and in this they had to prove there was a Kilgrave, someone who could control the minds of others and you know bring that to court or whatever they had to do um again love the show absolutely amazing both daredevil and jessica jones are the best things marvel has done um so it, again, it may just be because I watched it nonstop I think that these were the things. I, think, I, I don't think, like, as much as we love to binge stuff, I don't think it's always a good idea to binge stuff. I need, I think you like need to take a break every couple episodes and just kind of let yourself process what you've seen. It could be. I've never watched this much. <laughs> there is, there is a point that it goes. But, your, your brain just says no more. <laughs> and, and I, I was there. I read. The first issue of Alias, the day it came out, I've been there since its birth, and I've loved the character. And it was so great to see this adaptation, which was uh, incredibly accurate. Um, and, and all the little things like the costume. Oh, God, that was funny. <laughs> Maybe you should wear yeah. this. To call let me, you let me show you something. <laughs> and I completely forgot who the who the cop character was until he was in the hospital. And as soon as he said, give me a red, I was like, yes, I, I, that's it. Um, I, I have to say, I have to, I have to say one thing before I forget it. Hogarth is like the worst person ever. I thought she was more of a villain than Kilgrave because she oh, had no so excuse. Horrid. Horrid. Uh, horrid. Yes. <laughs> See, and I did think, I did think her whole relationship divorce storyline was simply there for the part where she was the only one watching over Kilgrave and 
that's just the impression I got that that whole thing was so that you'd have that moment where will she listen to Kilgrave so that she can get what she wants. Um, and I do. I love the actress who played her wife. Yeah, uh, Carrie Ann. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, the casting was amazing. I absolutely love that woman um, in everything I see her in. But I have to say the other thing too that that I was really impressed with was was the fact that they went the full mile with the whole pregnancy thing, and they she they showed the reality of a choice by a rape victim. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that was great. And it, it echoed a bit the comic book where Kilgrave, because um, uh, Carl said so he, he didn't read the comic, may, may not know this. But in the comics, Kilgrave actually has a child. And Oh, yeah. The, there, was a, there was an arc in Daredevil where, like, yeah, he has, like, five or six kids. Right. Well, and they, and they the, all have his ability. Yeah. And when the closer they are in proximity to each other, the stronger the ability is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and well, and I my the the one that I was thinking of was the one where the girl he actually releases her from his control and the horror of it just and she takes the kid and runs. And so when the girl's born and the whole thing she turns purple. I also I have to say I loved how they handled him turning purple. That little touch, it was so oh, cool. It was so yeah. cool. It was so cool. I, I was just... kind of hoping for full blown purple. I did. Too. <laughs> I, I was hoping next time we saw him, he was going to be full blown purple. That's what I expected. Once they had that little bit, that the next time, all right, now he's the purple man. Yeah. But still, it was nice to see that little bit. And again, overall, I love the show. Just a few things. I think. Yeah, I think you. That weird. I wasn't absolutely thrilled with. I may like Daredevil a little bit better. I think. I think I think it may have been that you you may have it, overdosed on it. It could be. It could be. Never thought it could happen, but it is. Although I could watch Christian Ritter and uh, oh, I don't can't remember the name of the actor who played Luke Cage. He did great. He was. I, I could watch those two. And I got to say, I love how the whole look of the show reminds me of the Alias comic. They really, yeah. really yeah. did a good Especially job. Especially the intro sequence. Oh God, nice. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So let's move but, on to eyes. Really zombie. quickly, oh, before we move on eyes on me, the one little side story they did that I really liked was the uh, the woman who hires her to find her cheating husband, and it turns out they're just trying to trap her because they know she has powers or something like that. I really like that side story because it shows that this Marvel world is evolving and people are starting to understand that there are uh, gifted people out there for better or for worse yeah not everyone's happy it, with it yeah you yeah. see it in daredevil you see it in this show you're starting to see it a lot in agents of shield agents oh, yeah. of shield is getting really freaking good by the way oh yeah um and that's what i really like about it, is that those little interconnecting lines that they don't have to bludgeon you over the head with I, it was it it was really well i am very subtle I like the subtle bits that was, and that was a great one. Cause I, he thought, you know, I, I thought, Oh my God, are they really working for Kilgrave? No, no, <laughs> it was, it was a really well done a bit. So I zombie, um, I'm going to let, I'm going to let, um, Eric take this one, um, this time because I, I really, really enjoyed it, but I want to give him a chance to talk. Uh, like I haven't talked enough already. Um, <laughs> Of course, I mean, the show is always good, almost always good. Um, And this season has been really strong. 
I'm not sure how much I like Stalker Live. I it was um, a weird weird yeah. And uh, 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 I I was kind of hoping that uh, Rita would show her face at the end. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I wanted I wanted that bit of extra drama there, but uh, you know once my question is once the stalker brain wears off, is is Liv really still going to be bothered by this? I'm I'm guessing he's going to be, but it won't be as apparent. It's probably going to um, trigger her into into figuring out what exactly Major's up to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm curious to see what happens since we now realize that um, the he's the I can never remember his name, but um, the guy from Wings, <laughs> Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber is drinking Max Rager. Yeah. And I'm wondering what the what that's going to end up doing to him. Eventually, he's going to turn big and green, <laughs> and be wearing purple pants. <laughs> um, I think I, maybe I have the wrong comic book company. Um, uh, I loved getting to know Babino a little more. Oh, the Dothraki! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, in the first episode, he was my least favorite character. To me, he was just kind of blah, but he has really, really grown on me, and I absolutely love him now. And the interactions <laughs> that he has with, with Liv and Ravi are just so f- much fun. I love the what's George R. R. Martin doing right now. <laughs> yeah, not writing. Not writing. <laughs> <laughs> Teasing him about the sandwiches and everything. Just oh, so much fun. Um, I mean, everybody does a great job as far as playing the parts. Uh I would. I, I want more Blaine, of course. Yeah, I, I always miss him when he's not in. And by the way, he was here in Oregon because um, uh, he, he's from here, and he went to the mm-hmm. Civil War game here, the Oregon Ducks versus the Beavers. So he was here. He was here. Well, I, I, I see. I'd rather have him as much as I like Stephen Weber. I, I don't want this Max Rager stuff drawing out. I, I um, hope it's over with this season. I, I you know, I'm getting old. Um, maybe bring in some new elements. Um, but yeah, we need more Blaine. I like Steven Weber, but I'm going to be over it really quickly if they don't uh, tie that up. And and even the thing with Major uh, work for the Steven Weber character, I, I don't want to see that going on forever either. Hi, uh, so. <laughs> That's my take on it. Yeah, I I agree. And and this episode was sort of weird. Live with a stalker brain is strange. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, it was a weird episode. Um, but I did enjoy I, her in prison. Her in prison <laughs> was great. And I'm like, oh my god, is he really gonna eat her? <laughs> Would you want to? It's always fun to see Liv zombie face. <laughs> so um the other cw show that we have to talk about which i actually watched it Woo-hoo. was the first part of the flash and arrow crossover and i gotta tell you the guy they have playing randall savage is amazing he vandal I keep calling him Randall. God almighty. Vandal now, Savage. We're going to picture him as Randall. I know. Savage. He's going to Randall out the door. There comes Randall. There he comes. He's just sitting there doing salsa shark. I hate everyone and everything is stupid. 
real reason he's attacking. No, I loved I loved it. I thought it was great. I really, 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 really liked it. And I liked the fact that John Barrowman showed up too. And his the, the line about, is that the only way you know how to walk into a room, dude? but i will allow the boys to take over this one as well because i this is their their bailiwick and uh i uh i i love the episode though i have to say and vandal savage thank you was he looked like the comic book come to life they really did good with that yeah once again i will allow carl to go first no, by all means, sir. You, you've been more generous in, in letting me go first. This time we shall let you take the lead. All right. Well, now I've been very clear that I think The Flash is the best comic book adaptation uh, on TV or in theaters. Um, I know not everyone agrees with me. <laughs> uh, this episode, for the most part, was a perfect example of why. Uh, you brought the two teams together. You introduced Hawkman. Um, we got to see Kendra Saunders or Shyara become Hawk Girl. Uh, as Jessica pointed out, Vandal Savage was amazing. It's always great to see Captain Jack show <laughs> up. Um, he'll always be Captain Jack to He's me. He's always Captain Jack. Um, it was incredibly entertaining. Uh, you know, of course, it's leading up to Legends of Tomorrow, which I'm very much looking forward to. But as much as I love this show, it's not perfect. And they did do one of the things that I dislike in any show, which is plot convenience is what I'm going to call it, where you have uh, Harrison Wells comes up with the special speed formula and they want to test it out on Jay Garrick and Jay Garrick refuses and then, oh, look, Harrison Wells gets shot, and the only way to save him is if Jay Garrick takes the formula. It's like, really? There has to be a better way. It's just, I, I don't like when it something just happens to happen that forces <laughs> something else to happen. Um, so, amazing episode. I still absolutely love the show. It's my favorite show on TV, but it does fall into this little, this little trap every once in a while. So, it's not perfect. I just want to say that. But this episode was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Carl, you. I cannot wait for to be able to watch the conclusion of this because this was such an incredible episode from start to finish. Uh, Vandal Savage fully realized from page to screen. Um, sure, the, the knifey, throwy thingy is a little different, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I thought, you know, it was so cool that they – they hit that classic comic beat when uh, heroes meet for the first time. They fight over a misunderstanding. So we have a great Hawkman versus Green Arrow and Flash little scuffle there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendra embracing her Shyera and becoming Hawk Girl. Uh, it was just all in all, it was, continues to give us what we've come to expect from the Flash, which is stuff we never thought we would get in live action format. Exactly. Uh, That's one of the best things about the show. Yeah. It just keeps giving. I love, I love his like arm, arm cyclones and everything that they get in there. It's mm -hmm. so cool. It's, it's great. And I like my favorite part of the show is actually, and this is something that I just always like when they do in comics or in shows, when they show that little bit of downtime, when the characters are not being heroes and just enjoying each other's company as colleagues, that little exactly. scene in Oliver's apartment, I absolutely loved. 
Um, yes, the personal moments. I actually, the one thing that actually kind of, if I, if there was anything to detract from this episode for me, it was actually uh, the random presence of Rachel Ghoul. Uh, simply for the reason of conveying information and then disappearing and then reappearing to convey more information. It was like, eh, this could have been done another way. It was this funny could, though. It could have been done like a lot. Yeah. Barry's line was great. It was hilarious. Well, no, he's uh, that's, that's Merlin. Yeah. Well, he's the new Ra's al Ghul. I thought Ra's al Ghul was somebody else. There's he, a different well, actor, see, isn't he? See, Eric, it, this is why you yes. got to watch Arrow, so you can know these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I thought Ra's al Ghul was played by, played by a completely different actor. He was originally, but he was killed, and Merlin ascended to the role of Rachel. All right. There we go. It's yes. uh, still not enough to make me watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If if. Felicity doesn't have me watching that show on a regular basis. <laughs> Nothing will. So, so yeah, this this was a solid. Um, I'm not sure if this was the mid season finale for Flash. Um, I would expect that it would be. I think yeah, it's a yeah, crossover. I think it is because they're doing the crossover, and that makes sense. Yeah, and then they're gonna like finish it up tonight on Arrow, and then start uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we get we get our comic book, uh, uh, mid-season hiatus shows, Legends of Tomorrow, and Agent Peggy Carter. Carter's been delayed, though. That's really? Yeah. I didn't hear anything. Yeah, they, they delayed, um, I can't remember how many weeks, um, but it has been delayed by, like, um, let's see. Oh, season two has been delayed by two weeks. Oh, that's not yeah, too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. Um, no, it will not be the, the, the crying and, and hair pulling that is the Sherlock fandom, but it's two weeks, <laughs> which they would, they would like wet themselves to have as their waiting time. Um, so moving on to the Weekend Geek, cause we have a, a few things to talk about in there before we bring on Aaron. Um, I just wanted to point out a couple of things. And one thing is that young Han Solo start starting to be cast, they're they're looking, and I'm terrified by some of the names that I've seen that have read for this. Aaron Taylor yeah. Johnson was one of them. Eh. <sighs> it's it's one of those things that I, because you can't picture that character as anyone else but Harrison Ford. Well, I can picture it as the guy that played young Harrison Ford in um, Age of Adeline because that guy actually looks like he shares DNA with Harrison Ford. <laughs> Um, but if they get like, let's see, some of the names were Miles Teller, which made me want to cut myself. I don't know. Uh, Harrison Ford seems more of a bassist than a drummer to me. <laughs> uh. Um, and then another one that was interesting was Chandler Riggs from The Walking Dead, read for the part. the The range of ages goes from sixteen to thirty four of actors that have read for it, and it's yeah. it's, it's interesting to me. I mean, it'll. It'll be interesting to see. It's not something, at least for myself, even though I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I'm not really kind of paying attention to the spinoffs at the moment. My focus, Star Wars-wise right now, is focused on Battlefront and Force Awakens. (laughs) Uh, I I, I actually watched the Angry Joe review of Battlefront, and he had everything that I wondered would be bad about it, and it, it has just completely thrown me off of that game. 
I what he say is bad about it. Everything except everything except for the visuals basically is um, what's wrong with that game. And it's everything that I, I was worried about, which is there's no campaign mode. The, um, the, the, the gameplay is, gets repetitive. There's not enough maps. You are basically forced into having to purchase the additional $50 uh, season pass to get any of the new content, which will probably be added. And we'll probably add a campaign mode after all the bitching and moaning and complaining has gone on about it. So he has about an hour. I, I would suggest going out and watching it. It's a it's a entertaining review, but he always hits on really valid points, sort of like the um, the angry video game nerd. Uh, Angry Joe has a, a about an hour long. He covers every aspect of that game, and that's well, why. As far, oh. <clears throat> go ahead, girl. Is with the exception of his point about the uh, season pass, which I think is valid. Um, I disagree with every point you made. I've been playing the game since I got, and I can't put it down. It's. It, I think the reason for the season pass and the reason the game may feel a little bit like content-wise is that EA is probably under pressure from Disney to get it done in time for the holidays and time for Force Awakens. Then they shouldn't make you pay out $50 for an, an additional $50 to get content that should have been in the game. But that's EA for you. Don't yeah, I don't feel bad EA, for EA. EA is notorious for that kind of crap. That's EA, and that's unfortunately the the world we live in now with microtransactions, things like that. I don't like it, um, and I don't think you know most people really don't. Uh, if this, if like the season pass had been announced like six months after the game was out, and they said, "Hey, we've got some additional content," I'd probably be a little bit better with it because at that point the game be uh, played out. And I'd be looking for something new, but I'm still excited to see what this new content's going to be. I know the Battle of Jakku drops, and that's free downloadable content. Um, if you pre-order the game, I believe it's available now. If not, I believe it becomes available on the eighth. Uh, the game is incredible. I don't mind the lack of a campaign mode. Uh, this game really isn't built for a campaign mode. This game is built to just be a toy box, to let you run around, and play, and have fun in. And for those who don't want the controversy of these crazy video games, turn off the TV and pick up Star Wars Imperial Assault by Fantasy Flight, the tabletop game, which is absolutely amazing. Nice. So there you go. Little plug there, Fantasy Flight. Are you listening? It's a, it's a great game. And I, I'm not going to pick up Battlefront because there's no campaign mode. Personally, I like my campaigns. So for the tabletoppers... Get your campaign, your campaign, your Star Wars fix with Imperial Assault. Oh, and I will, I will throw in my plug here for Lego Dimensions, which I finally got. Lego Dimensions is stupidly fun, ridiculous, <laughs> stupid fun. Wait, wait a second, hold and, on, and time out, and you have to build the pieces before you hold can on. play them. You are going to. And rightfully so, gripe against EA for selling a season pass. Yet, with LEGO Dimensions comes out, a game where you can literally drop over $1,000 on add-on material, LEGO characters, things like that. You're like, oh, that's fine. But, I'm oh, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm the, going to, to counterpoint your point. That. I'm going to counterpoint your point. And that is, first of all, these aren't just games you get toys. They're toys. You actually literally have to build 
the pieces before you can play them. They're Lego play sets. Bonus, they also open up playable new game content, full games on this sucker. Like the Doctor Who mode is an entire game. A multi, multi giant game where you can go through and play all of the Doctor Who villains, all the doctors. Then there's an entire Back to the Future one where you can go through Hill Valley, utilize Marty McFly and all of them. And you have to build all this stuff when you get it. The DeLorean, all of it. And then coming soon, coming I think in January, you're going to be able to play Ghostbusters. Okay, so to counter your counterpoint. <laughs> So you're saying it's a bad thing to pay extra money for content that is not currently on the disc, but it's okay to pay extra money for content that's on the disc, but you have to unlock by paying said extra money for the toys. No, what I'm saying with the, what's the difference here is that game, Lego Dimensions, just the base, is a complete game by itself. That's an entire game. Yes, with all the, like, with you buy like the Marty McFly stuff, but it yeah, doesn't, it's, it, addition, it's, it's already on the game, but you have to buy the toy to unlock it in the game. It's, but it's an entire game, an entire game. The thing with, with battlefront is it's only got like three or four maps and that's it. That's it. It's I, and, got, it's got four maps with multiple variations that are completely Not according different. to what I've seen. They're not that many variations. Well, I'm telling you from someone who's been playing it for the past week nonstop, there are different variations. But my point, again, is that this stuff is already on the disc. Now, I'm not besmirching LEGO Dimensions. I'm just saying if we're going to call foul on one, we got to call foul on the other. But they're complete games. These are entire extra games and but, there's the collection. you don't get the complete game when you buy the game you only get the but complete you, you game get when you buy game. all no because you can't access all the additional stuff that's on the disc unless you buy the toys but then you're saying that it's okay for them to do uh like here we're going to charge you 50 dollars so you can get four more maps i'm okay with with paying extra money for additional content that's not on the disc but that I just want to say I, I think I, it's I cool just, that you have to build the Lego things first. I, it is cool that you have to build the Lego things. <laughs> I, oh, I'm not saying it's not cool. I and think they're they're toys by themselves. It's yes, that's they what's are. so neat about it. And so, that's great. But, but there's you multiple can't layers play of Lego game unless you buy the toys. So you get a complete game, but at the same time you don't get a complete game because you have to buy the toys to play the complete game. I'm, you know what? I'm okay with that with these, with what okay. this does. What this does, because I can have Doc Brown in the TARDIS. I can have the Doctor driving the freaking Batmobile. The levels of change within this are crazy. And that's why there's multiple games within it. The thing with, with the Battlefront game is the fact that it's, you know, I, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have to pay to get a campaign mode in a game like that. And even Angry Joe says, this is by the company that does these, um, the shooter games. I think it's like, it's not Modern Warfare. It's this other one. But, but the fact that this company, who is well known for making these really cool campaigns and, and these games like that, was 
base, you know, EA, I'm, I'm blaming it on EA. It really is. It's really EA's fault. Who's See, Rocky a, is that? That's mine. I'm <laughs> Rocky, shut up. We're talking about Star Wars and Legos. <laughs> it's cute. Maybe the dog has an opinion. Yeah, he might. But yeah. I, I love, I mean, it's, it, Lego Dimensions to me is worth that money because you get just, the, the amount of things that you could do with it, especially if you have kids that are into Legos too. I was being mocked because of my age and how much I wanted this and I love it so much. It's, it's just, it's crack. It's crack. Yes, it's it's crack. geek crack. It's dollars on if you want all of it if you want all of it yeah because I'm it's happy with my $50 season pass but you know if you're a Lego fan you drop you drop like 200 you, I've seen some of the Star Wars Lego sets you can drop like $70 on one set that oh, doesn't more than that. yeah <laughs> and it doesn't have a video game with it <laughs> so it's it's interesting um, but one of the things that uh, Lego has is the DC Comics license. Lego has all the licenses. But kind of, kind of let let us flow into Batman v Superman, and the I I have I read a theory that has been going around online, and if this theory is the truth of what this movie is, I am going to like this movie. But it's so good of a story that I doubt it's true. <laughs> yeah. I, That's I, kind of a sad commentary I, right there. I, I know. It's so good. This story good. sounds amazing. It couldn't have come from Hollywood. <laughs> it couldn't have came from Hollywood. And, and that is, uh, and after seeing that, that 50, the, the lie trailer, everybody's like, it's a trailer. It's a tra-. No, it was a 50 second shot yeah. of, of Superman stalking towards Batman. Um, that the theory is that that is not actually Superman. The theory is that Lex Luthor creates Bizarro and he utilizes the corpse of Zod to do it. And the real Superman is locked up and there's going to be a massive twist in this. And that is Ben Affleck's not actually Batman. And I believe it's death. Is he Deathstroke? I keep calling him Deathstroke, but I think that's wrong. Um, Slade, Wilson? Slade Wilson. That's Deathstroke. Okay, good. I'm right. I keep thinking I'm t- I'm calling him the wrong Death guy. <laughs> there's too many guys with the first name of Death. Um, De- so Deathstroke is actually Ben Affleck, and what's going to happen is at the end of the movie, freaking Christian Bale is going to show up because Alfred isn't really Alfred. He's uh, Jeremy Irons is not playing Alfred. They're saying that he is Slade Wilson's butler, and um, in the from the comics. So Batman, the real Batman, gets him to be Batman while he goes off and finds all the other metahumans to take on the fake Superman and to bust out the real Superman. So this is a very condensed version of this. So when the when everything goes down at the end of the movie. They bust out the real Superman. There's a big battle between all the metahumans and bad Superman. And the real Batman shows up at the end of the movie. And that's the big twist. Never going to happen. I that know. would literally be the worst idea ever. I and would, yeah, I do I think that's a horrible idea. 
if that was the truth. I would literally walk out of the theater and demand my money back if that was the story. That I can't believe terrible. I'm agreeing with Carl. Um, <laughs> you know, but yes, that... the, the fact that they, I, I would be okay with that because it would, exp- it would, it would, it would be okay. I would be okay with that. But I don't think it's going to be okay with that. Because it just, why? I, I, I just, I, 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 I think that would make, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. It would fall flat. Okay, Let's anger people. When, when the, uh, in, in comic shops, every month they get a book that's called Previews. And it's a book of stuff that all the companies are releasing in like the next three months. So you can advance order and stuff like that. And one of these previews, I saw they were like Hot Toys or Sideshow Collectibles. One of those companies is releasing a figure of Batman in that like trench coat in that situation. And the figure is called Nightmare Batman. Yeah, that's so that is in all likelihood this 30 second sequence we saw. That's is, I is a nightmare dream sequence. But, We're getting the full trailer tonight. I believe it debuts on, on I think, Jimmy Kimmel. 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 Yeah. But, I mean, I I still, to this date, have not seen much of anything that gives me much hope for this movie. Well, the thing that, that made me love that theory so much was that someone wrote that, I think even before that 50-second trailer. It was before the 50-second. Because it's like a 10-page <laughs> treatsy on what they think is going to happen in this movie and i would it's not, it sounds like something a 14 year old would write i i would be okay with them bringing i i would love for christian bale to come back i would love for that to be why he co- gets together all of these superheroes and why that how the justice league comes to be and it actually makes sense to the some of the scenes we saw in the one trailer that we've gotten with wonder woman taking on superman because Wonder Woman would be like the only one that could really give him equal fight out of I all think, of them. I think the lead theory as far as what Luthor is going to be doing is that with the corpse of Zod, the, the big theory is that they mutated into Doomsday. Well, and that's what they think is going to happen with the Bizarro Superman. But, See, as soon as you said, as soon as Jessica said, that this theory uh, had Zod becoming Bizarro, the first thing that popped oh, no, into no, my no. head was they, no. They use his DNA to clone and make a Superman. Not that not that Zod becomes Bizarro. They use his corpse. Well, either way, the first <laughs> thing that popped into my head was they're going to make him Doomsday. Yeah, they, they're saying that it, um, towards the end of the battle, he becomes Doomsday. But I, I'm looking forward to this movie. I like Man of Steel. Um, I'm a Ben Affleck fan, and I think he looks good in the trailers that I've seen. Uh, I love the co- – this is probably my favorite Bat costume ever. Oh, yeah, I'll the most, that. Like, the yeah. comics, yeah, for uh, um, I love the way Wonder Woman looks. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's it, – and, and I try not to I, – I try to go in – completely open-minded to any movie I see um, so that I'm not disappointed because my expectations are too high. Uh, but I, this is one that I am, I, I do want to see this. I'm excited. Well, I, mean, I, I want to see it too. I, to, when we strip everything away from it, this is the movie that all comic book films, Marvel, DC, what have you have been leading to. 
this is what the general like non-comic book reading public has wanted for so many years finally batman and superman on the same screen together you know whether it be a fight or working together obviously it's going to start out as a big long fight and as we know they're doing a justice league movie so they will be working together i do agree with eric i like the costume it does appear to be the most comic faithful batman costume we've seen so far um i'm not crazy about the batmobile I love Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought, like the Batmobile. I thought Man of Steel was a decent movie. Uh, I think that it just it just missed so many of the points of what defines the character, even in his early life. Probably, um, but but at the same time, I loved Henry Cavill as Superman. Oh yeah. He, he looks better. He looks better in this one. Yeah, like he, he, lo- he meted he up a little bit more. Nailed the character. So I'm hoping that you know, Man of Steel was just made in the sense that it was going to lead to this movie. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Of of all the major major gripes I've heard about Man of Steel, the only one I really agree with is that Superman should be a more light character. The tone of the movie I like, but Superman himself could have smiled a little more. Well, I like the I, I like that um, video that someone did where they removed the dark filter that they had over the entire movie. Yes. Oh, geez, that looks so fantastic. But, uh, but other than that, I love that. I love Man of Steel. Except, uh, I think Jonathan, uh, his dad was the worst father <laughs> ever. His, his parents, like when they were in pre. <laughs> this movie they announced the cast of his parents i was like that is perfect kevin costner field of dreams as jonathan kent are you kidding me you're not going to get anything better than that and then i saw the movie i was like what the hell yeah he was a horrible father your secret's more important yeah his parents are are the key contributors to who superman is as a person as a character um as a symbol of good and in the first movie his father was just like, yeah, let the kids die. And now it looks like in this one, his mother's jumping on the bandwagon too. Like, you don't know this world anything. You do whatever you want. It's like, no. <laughs> I know. So um, really quickly, because I know we're, we're running over. Um, we The Civil War trailer hit looked amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and um, it just looked phenomenal. We got our first glimpse of, of Black Panther. It looks it great. Phenomenal, too. Just this whole thing looks really good. I'm so happy that they kept the brothers to direct it. Oh, my God. Tony was getting that ass beat. Oh, the, the, when he oh, threw that the scene at the end. Field, oh, my God. Field. I was freaking out over there. Crap. Oh, my God. I, I freaked out. I had to rewind that like three times. Oh, my God. Who knew that two dudes who before this I only knew as directors of Community, which is a great show, but <laughs> they were community directors and they've made so far the best Marvel movie and what looks to be another at least top three or four Marvel movie, if not the best Marvel movie. I, I can't wait. It looks so, so good. Um, and, uh, how long are they going to sit on Spider-Man? He's in it. Did no, you he, see, no did, we know he's in it, but the, in, we haven't seen anything of him, did, like, on the screen or anything. Like, so there's 
there's two points there. Like there is so much in this movie that they can sit on Spider-Man right up until release and just save that. Did you see the, they, um, the, the poster that they, they released where the Captain America shield is like cracked through Iron Man's helmet? I, I, I'm pretty sure this was official, but it could be fan art. If it's fan art, it's some of the best fan art I've ever seen. But the the shield is cracked into Iron Man's helmet, like it's split it in, in two. And the within the shield itself is Spider Man's webbing. Yeah, that that's fan art. They uh, only, uh, they've only released three <laughs> I knew it was too good to be real art. There's there's actually a better fan art poster out there that I wished so much was real. It's just the hand of Spider-Man reaching up and one hand from the left is Captain America grabbing at his hand, holding it like just above the elbow elbow. And then from the right is Iron Man's hand grabbing Spider-Man's hand, like at the wrist. Oh, wow. It's such an amazing image. I was like, please, Pay this artist the money and use that as the poster. I'm actually going to look it up now so I can send it to you guys. Oh, man. So, yeah, Civil War looks like it's going to win all the things. And one last thing that I had to bring up, because even though Carl was like, it's really, really, you want to talk about that? I have to talk about the the resurgence of like every amazing thing from the 80s that is happening that happened this week. It was really this week, and Eric will probably giggle, too, at this. We just had announced a Rambo and Son TV series is happening. <laughs> a Rambo, I will chuckle because I am. A Rambo and Son TV series. Gremlins 3 is happening, and it is not. That could be awesome. It's not a reboot. It is going to be 30 years after the original, and it's going to have Zach Galligan in it. It's going to have original cast characters and new people. And if you want to read something really interesting, go out and find the article talking to Zach Galligan about the treatment he wrote for a third Gremlins movie where you base you, you have a Gremlin Godzilla, for the most part, where all the Gremlins, the little Gremlins, can come together and become a kaiju. Nice. It's freaking amazing. So not only do you have that... But Ecto Cooler is coming back. Ecto Cooler, which I, my friends and I have loved this green high C forever. They actually, everyone freaked out because it looks like, I think it's Coca-Cola or, uh, owns the rights to it, actually re-signed the, um, the copyright for it again. So with the new Ghostbusters movie, coming out we're going to have ecto cooler most likely back on the shelf i'm putting all my fangirl cred on the line here if i even have any i have never had ecto cooler oh it tastes like it's it's probably memory makes it better than it is <laughs> but it's mandarin orange and it's mm-hmm. de- it was delicious and it was slimer green Right. I and remember it, it. And so the other thing that has been heavily hinted at that has been going around the interwebs, Crystal Pepsi's coming back. Yeah, so, see, I don't think I've ever had Crystal Pepsi either. It tasted a little different. It tasted slightly different. And that's because... It, kinda, it, it tasted pretty much like caffeine-free Pepsi. Yeah, it didn't have... There was something to it that, that was missing, and it was the caramel color probably added something. <laughs> um, but... On top of all of this, 
Predator 4 is officially happening. And it's going to not have anybody from Predators, plural. Um, it's going to disavow any of the Aliens versus Predator movies, which is what we all do anyway. Um, I like the first one. And you like the first Aliens versus Predator movie? I think it's I better think than I like the second one. I think I liked it because of the plot device of the constantly changing temple. I just thought that was really cool. And the fact that they completely like threw out the entire timeline and had Lance Hendrickson show up when he wasn't even supposed to be born yet. <laughs> so, so you're saying that you're surprised <laughs> that a science fiction story didn't stick to its continuity? Especially that one, yeah, no, and and the whole, oh, this we must be right under where we were, and her freaking flare that she dropped is laying there in the middle of the floor, through the grate. Uh, there's so many things I can't even with that movie, Predators, uh, or AVP, whatever you AV poop, um, but Predator Four is happening, and it's actually going to be written by Shane Black. Ooh, well, there's a there's a check mark in its favor. Uh, I Shane or- Black. Remember, he directed Iron Man three, which is yeah. not a bad film. It's not exactly. I don't it's think Iron. Much, it's I better found, than two. I found an Iron Man. Well, I Iron go. Man two didn't even have a script. What was filming? <laughs> I found with Iron Man three, it was much better on a second viewing. Once the shock of the whole Mandarin thing wears off, it's a it's a much better film second time around. I can't get over the continuity errors in it. Well, look. I, they're, if you want, they're too stupid. They're too stupid. Bad. They're too big. They're too big. I'm going to throw this out there. If you want some good Predator, one of the best horror authors out there today, Tim Levin, uh, has a trilogy coming out. The first book is out. It's called Predator Incursion. It's an amazing science fiction novel. It's uh, really gets into who the Predator are. They're they're actually called the Yacha which I did not know. I think that's how you say it. Um, It just came out, I think, last month. The next book is an alien novel, and then the third is going to be Alien versus Predator. Nice. Um, uh, I I reviewed the first one, Predator Incursion. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, The best Predator I've... The best version of Predator I've seen since the original movie. Ooh. Um, So Tim Levin, it's paperback, you know, so it's only... Seven or eight bucks, I say, pick it up, people, if you want your Predator fix. I know I saw it at the store, and I was looking at it. It looked pretty good. And Tim Levin's amazing. Some good Predator. If you want some good Predator, you go get you some Predator, too. <laughs> get Danny Glover, Gary <laughs> I think that that, that, You know what? People say that's, like, the best one. It's horrible. <laughs> if we're going to keep talking Predator, uh, Upper Jack... Upper Deck just recently released their legendary Predator deck building game where you can play uh, through either one of the first two movies or you can play as the Predators and hunt humans. Oh, that's great. So Predator is just... I love that meme that you see on Facebook a lot. Uh, Bill Paxton, the only actor to be killed by a Predator, an alien, and a Terminator. Which brings me to my next point. This is the movie (laughs) we need. This is the Orgy of Destruction movie we need. (laughs) Alien versus Predator versus Terminator versus, versus Robocop. <laughs> versus Robocop. Versus Robocop. All right, we're, we're, losing, we're losing it, man. All right, I'm going to go bring on Aaron. Carl has to leave us, sadly, because he's, 
he's he's got an early morning so i'm mm-hmm. going to bring on aaron and we're going to talk doctor who and destruction because that's what's going to be going down are you going to talk about george carlin doctor who oh no it's bill i Carter. will kill you <laughs> Get away. I'm dropping you. I'm dropping you right now. <laughs> dropping you like third period French. <laughs> Jesus. You're a horrible person, Carl Diddy. You're just a horrible excellent person. excellent to each other. <laughs> this is what I get for agreeing with him. Oh, my God. Hello. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Carl is leaving us. I'm bringing Love you Carl. on to talk Doctor Who. Sweet. How Do I sound okay? You sound great. You sound great. So okay. I don't think Eric is a Whovian at all. What? Are you are insane? You, are you, have you been watching? Have you been watching? I have not watched. Uh, I've watched the first two episodes of this season so far. I just have not had time. <laughs> They're all on my DVR. But I've seen <laughs> all everything since Christopher Eccleston. I grew up with Tom. <laughs> Well, I mean, since it came back, I haven't missed anything up to this point, see, and see, I grew I up watching the old right. stuff. See, Carl was calling George Carlin the doctor, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all the boys uh, are against me. All the boys are against me. No, I love <laughs> Carlin. Well, he is. Uh, in, 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 in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, that, but, he, but, but according to Carl, that is, is Doctor Who. He has not oh, watched any No, you're confused. Yes. That's a phone no, Yes. <laughs> so it's, we did rip off Doctor Who for that. Oh, we totally did. No. Um, so, power to us. so Aaron, everybody, is one of the co-makers of the amazing Doctor Puppet, and they are working uh-huh. on a Christmas special one I know right now. We are, uh, it's going to be, uh, like last year we did this insane one because we had a, an Indiegogo budget that helped us like do more insane things than we usually try. Uh, so this year we are working with, we're, this year we're working with no budget. So it's going to be much more pared down, Aww. but it's nice to work on something for Christmas. All I have to ask is, do you have a river song puppet? Uh, not as of yet, oh. but you you never know. Anyone could be a puppet. I actually wasn't expecting her to come back. So, oh, no, oh. I'm sure I could make a case for Elisa. Elisa's the one. Elisa Stern is the. Uh, it's like her brainchild, and uh, she's the one that actually fabricates the actual puppets. And then, uh, so it's like. It's like whose head does she want to sculpt next? That's the real question. <laughs> I don't know how we all about those head sculpts. The, well, on the hair, I don't know what you would, how you would make River's hair. Oh yeah, that would be tricky because to get the curls the right scale, they'd have to be really tiny. Yeah, that would be insane. <laughs> well, what yeah. what we are talking about is what a lot of people and Eric apparently hasn't seen it, and I want to punch him. Oh well, you're. It's just in time to watch. Like the coolest thing we've ever done is the Christmas special we did for last year, the planet that came for Christmas. Aww. It is like our our crowning achievement, and it's it's tis the season to watch it. So yes, perfect time. <laughs> um, but what we we have to talk about is what a lot of people are considering the best episode of Doctor Who ever made, <laughs> and that they are they're saying it. They're saying I think they're right. Is Heaven Sent, which Set the the hearts of a thousand fangler, fangirls' hearts aflutter. 
they, they yeah, that, that, it's it's so good it's very good <laughs> is it the i mean i don't i think it might be i mean the the fact that this whole episode is just the doctor can I tell you, I felt like I was watching Sherlock the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the whole mind palace thing. I, I the get it. The mind palace. The, um, uh, yeah, the, oh, gosh, there was some other element. The music felt oh, very Sherlocky to me. Um, but it works uh, because it, it, what was cool about it was you finally got insight into how he does what he does. And why, and it works with him because Sherlock doesn't have anyone in his mind palace when he's doing his no. thing, but the doctor, well, so, he, he needs, occasionally the, he does. Well, sometimes, but for, for this specifically, it makes more sense because he always needs a companion. Yeah. And so he fabricates Clara into there mm. and it was so good. It's and that's so creepy the way it's just her back. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just like I thought they would turn around; it would be something horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, she's covered in flies and maggots. Uh. I know something <laughs> terrible like that. I really thought it might go because it was so creepy. This whole episode, I was like, they might just go there and they might show us something horrible when he's digging up that grave. Oh like, no! It was yeah. There were so many bad things that it could have been. It was worse enough that he was carrying around his own skull. And uh, and swimming yeah. in a in an ocean of his own skulls. <laughs> that was a sort of I had the vaguest <laughs> when I saw that skull and he said it on top of the of the castle. I said that skull looks kind of funny. Like it looks like it could be an alien. <laughs> I know it didn't quite look human. Wasn't that neat? Yeah, and then it turned out Eric, it was an alien. Eric is is like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> Oh, no, you know, I, I would hate to spoil this for you. Yeah, it's so uh, it's such a good episode, and it it it's brutal. I, it, yeah, it's psychologically brutal. I mean, the doctor goes through hell over and over again. I mean, it's it's bad, and um, I'm going to try and keep this as I mean, spoiler free is we can do it for for Eric so he can really get the the gut punch <laughs> of this episode. Okay. But I don't know if, how well we can do it. You just do what you got to do. Um, it's all about the, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the, the concept. It, it's sort of like if, if, um, well, the, what's that called? The, the magician movie. With uh, oh, the he, prestige, it's a prestige twist. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. Yeah, it's, I, and I was like, it's actually worse. It's worse, like a hundred <laughs> times worse. Ooh, interesting. It, uh, yeah, yeah. It's I it's mean... it's wacked. It's well, maybe even would you say a billion times worse? A uh, couple billion times. Couple worse. billion times worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> and there's so much disturbing imagery, like the the idea of using like this. This dead woman covered in flies from the doctor's memory. Yeah, there, this monster that chases him around. And and you know, I I figured out where they were. It took me about ten minutes, I think. And then I'm like, oh, because my mind, I was going into the Matrix with it. Oh, interesting. That's what I thought it was, and in a way, I was right because it's definitely like a Matrix centric technology. 
uh, that the Time Lords used. You know, the Matrix, because Doctor Who did the Matrix before anybody else. Um, <laughs> they, he, he did. They did. I actually did a video about it um, by a lot of years. Actually, they predated some of the sci-fi novels that did that, too, by like three or four years. Um, but I, that whole thing was so brilliantly done. The way that the building moved, all of it was so good. It's so fitting to be like such a, like the end of the season with 12. And then it works with his intro, like the Doctor Who intro. Oh, totally. The clockwork. Yeah. The, The clockwork of all of it. Oh my God. It's so good. And his reaction to Clara's death when he sits down in the TARDIS and he's holding his chest, like those little touches, because he told her, he'd be like, I won't be able to hold, catch my breath because the pain will be so great. And he sits down and, and everyone and their brother now is like, give Capaldi the BAFTA. And yeah, that, I thought the same thing. Like, well, they have to, right? <laughs> At this point, he carried an episode by himself. Yeah. Which is, I, I be, is that a Doctor Who first? Yeah, that is a Doctor Who first where the, there has not been anyone else other than the Doctor. And it was done so well. And he, and that's the thing. I know there's Matt Smith fans out there. And I you know, know I, all of I this. I know you're going to say, and I was thinking the same thing. He <laughs> could not have done this. I, I thought this. I had the same thought. I, but my thinking was, could Matt Smith have pulled this off? And, and the truth is, I, I don't know. He is very good, but, but Capaldi's just. You've there is something to be said for age and experience. Yeah, and yes, I agree. He, I wouldn't have been able to have stood Matt Smith by himself for that long. I don't think. The I, manic was, energy, yeah. The, it would have been way too annoying. Capaldi, though, was quiet. You know, it, it, even when he, he was He knows ta- when to go big, and he knows when to pull it back. Yeah. And, it and was, I think that is something he's he's learned with age. Right. And the other part of it that's interesting, too, is um, he never went to drama school that I know of. Like, you he know never- what's funny? You, you're right. And I think they told him when he applied to drama school, they said like he was too big, like his eyebrows. Were yeah, too your face active. is too expressive. <laughs> I, think, I do think they had a point. Like if you watch his earlier stuff, it's similar to like Matt Smith. It is a little bit unrestrained. Right. Like, he's learned restraint with experience. Yeah, because well, his face is just well, that's what was so funny with like the face. You can't be the good cop. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, very expressive. Yeah, you can't lie with that face. And that's why when he is showing emotion, it's so gut punch. Because his eyes are so expressive. And that's what makes him such a good doctor, especially with this, you know, he's supposed to be the mean doctor and I'm crotchety. (laughs) But when Clara was standing there in front of him, even though I can't stand, you know, I'm like, I'm not team Clara. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. She should have died a long time ago. But that scene hurts to watch because of his face. And you can see he doesn't cry, but the tears are there. Yeah. And and that is an actor. You know, that yeah, I think 
he could do with a good cry too. Oh God, if he, he could cry and cry, I've seen him cry. If you guys, you guys out there, you know, you can hear us fangirling about Capaldi in this, and I don't, you know, I'm sorry, that's what I do. But you want to really see him without talking. There is a short that is out on YouTube called Sinking. C-S-Y-N-C-H-I-N-G, sinking. And there's no talking. It's all, it's all, um, he, it's him as a, as a man who he hears just gibberish, can't figure out why he can't hear anything around him. Everything sounds off. Everything, everything sounds like the wrong noises are coming through mm-hmm. and he's going through his entire day and he's trying to figure it out. And he's like, you know, wiggling his ear, trying to figure out what's going on. And you realize at the end of, of it, that the reason everything is out of sync is because his, I, I, his wife's gone. And I think she's dead. I, they, they really, <laughs> I think she died or she left him, but I really think it's, she's dead. You know, they never really explain that. She's just not there. And um, when uh, he gets home and he sees this vision of her um, come to the door and he hugs her and kisses her, everything goes quiet. Yeah. And well, she's played by Madame Vastra, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Madame Vastra. <laughs> the lizard woman is his wife. Yeah. Um, which is hilarious. Yeah. If you just want to see him act without speaking, he yeah. holds he holds that for about eight minutes, I think. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful piece. It's touching and sad and, and funny because he's wearing the chicken hat, but, <laughs> but <laughs> you have to watch it to figure out why, but he, that is why this is one of the best doctor who's ever, because I cannot, I, I mean, I think this might've been hard pressed for David Tennant because his doctor fed off of mm-hmm. other people so much in terms of playing off of them. Well, acting is, is like, it's reacting largely. Right. And to hold, to just speak, to hold a carry an entire episode in conversations with yourself for that long, to hold people's interest for that long is really challenging. Well, and I think they set it up really well throughout his last season too. Like with, I always come back to Mummy on the Orient Express because it's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> yeah, not only because he looks hot in it and has that suit, but the fact that he, he, uh, has a conversation with himself and <laughs> and he does it in the voice of Tom Baker. A mummy. It, it, yeah, yes. <laughs> a mummy. <laughs> it's like, oh. and my, my, I, when I was on a, I was at a, on a panel, a Dr. Who panel at a, at a con. And I'm like, do you realize that he just gave insight into what it's like in the doctor's brain? And all of those doctors are in there and he can talk to himself and there you saw a look into the doctor's brain where every one of the other doctors is there. And he pulled the fourth one out because the fourth one had an uh, instance with a mummy. You know, ah, that's what you never forget the people you used to be. Yes, exactly. You know, oh, God, I love this show. So, <laughs> so now we have Hellbent coming. Hellbent looks very, very interesting, and as we've, they they're showing way too much in the in the trailer. I confess, I haven't watched any of the trailers for Hellbent. <laughs> don't don't do it. Well, it's kind of it's a little confusing. I mean, they've already released some images, and one of them shows him going back to the barn, 
Oh. And uh, he's on Gallifrey. Yeah, he is on Gallifrey. And there's a woman there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is that one point, now I don't know, you don't know where it is in terms of, of time, but there's somebody saying that a regeneration is in progress. Whoa. And so we, we already know he's not regenerating. He's Yeah, he never will. He's going to stay Capaldi forever. Right. He's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like the TARDIS. He's stuck in this form. He's not changing. <laughs> yeah, that should happen. Yeah. yeah. Get him he, stuck. Yes. Yeah, until he's like, his cold dead hand has to be pried off of the console. As David Tennant said once, that that was the only way he was going to leave if he didn't leave. Um but uh, it's it's going to be an interesting episode, and there's some people trying to figure out, you know, because of the double the double meaning of what he said about who the hybrid was. Mm-hmm. So he said, which had to be explained to me because I'm dense. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I still like my idea that the hybrid is in fact Clara. Oh, because the first time we meet Clara, what is she? She's just a girl. She's a she's a Dalek. She's a Dalek. Oh, you're right. And then and then she was again. Yeah, and and when she was a Dalek the second time, she got hit with regeneration energy because that was when the doctor was getting drained and it all. Oh, you're right. Dalek. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that. She was in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, in fact, she's the hybrid, and that would be a good way to, you know, they already, they've already ruined it. Freaking Doctor Who magazine ruined it by having her picture as a waitress on their cover. You know, I hope that for her sake, (laughs) I hope it's not her. Because I let the, let the poor girl rest in peace. Well, it could be an echo because we know there's lots of little echoes of Clara and all that crap. But mm-hmm. you know, I uh, I don't know. For it, her sake, let's hope it's an echo. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. You know, well, Stephen Moffat said that Clara Oswald is dead, but that doesn't mean we're not going to get Clara Franks or Clara Clara Light. Clara Smith <laughs> shows up, you know. <laughs> but I, I, that could happen in this one. We know with Shoulders back, um, and I love the the Time Lords. And they've already said that the people that have already seen this that aren't allowed to spoil anything. And I haven't got to see it yet. I'm working on that. Hmm. I am trying to work with the BBC to give me early access to Doctor Who episodes so I can review them. That's the reason. Nothing personal. <laughs> there's no person just a few days right there's no person to gain out of video <laughs> i want to see it now um but uh it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be cool because they said that we see more of gallifrey in this than we've ever seen in any of the doctor who's before and you gotta remember we saw quite a bit of it when leela stayed behind on gallifrey so and there is that Leela is on Gallifrey. Anybody forget that? Yes. Leela stayed. She fell in love with the captain of the god. It's been a very, very long time. Like, where is Gall? I never know where Gallifrey is in time. Well, neither do they. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, 
that's what happened too. Now they're it's been saying that quite a long time. They're Isn't saying, it third star on the left and straight on till morning? <laughs> <laughs> they never age. Uh, but um, yeah, it's and that's the other thing that um, is really twisted and dark in Heaven Sent. Eric, you really need to watch it. Yeah. Is that line about that's why Time Lords like to die with their Among own their kind own. because they know not to bury them too soon because they take days to die. It's on my DVR. I I'll see it. I, I will see it. All right. Here. here. See it now. <laughs> yeah, you might as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's such a good episode and I'm really, really excited. And I'm even more stupidly excited about the Christmas special. Cause my yeah, my goodness, I'm kind of more excited. I, I, the, the fact that they snuck in that little clip on on the BBC Christmas trailer, of, yeah, <laughs> and in the line, the this the River Song line of him, he asks her, "What do you think of my new body?" And she says, "I don't know. I've only seen the face yet." <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. and he just looks like. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. And I'm so. What do you think is in her hand? Because someone said it's a sonic trowel. That's what it looks like. Yeah. It look and and I didn't. I forgot about that line that um um Rory's dad said that a man always carries a trowel. <laughs> Maybe she got the sonic spork from Loot Crate. I I have the that's the last thing I'm getting good from them. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Maybe she'll call that line back. That is her grandfather. I know. It's so sad. Granddad said, "Always, always carry a trowel." <laughs> <laughs> Mine's Sonic. I can't wait to see how he gets the new Sonic screwdriver. It looks beautiful. Maybe she thinks his sunglasses are stupid, and she just crushes or he, them, or he loses them on Gallifrey. <laughs> Yeah, more likely. Could happen. I'm surprised he doesn't have a sonic guitar. Because he has... Oh my god, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be pretty great? It'd be like uh, like uh, Silverhawks, like the aren't, pilot. It'd just be a bit cumbersome. Aren't all guitars sonic? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> my guitar... Oh, he can... oh my god. I, I think someone already did a, a t-shirt of that, of the, the, doof, the doof player. Yeah. As the doctor <laughs> playing the guitar... I think that's already happened, probably. Well, Aaron, let's. I, I want to know your thoughts. What do you think about uh, what? What do you think is going to happen in Hellbent? Oh, you know, I, I try to speculate as little as possible. What would you like to see happen in Hellbent? Every time I think, is he Moffat's going to zigzag? Zags. Um, <laughs> let's see. What would I like to happen? Yeah. Good God. I have no actual idea. I'm completely at a loss. I, I... <sighs> I'll tell you what I, I, I you know what I would love. I, I would love if the doctor actually was the hybrid. I, and, I, I thought it was half human like the movie. <laughs> I know people forget that. They hate that bit. They hate that he's half human. I would love them to make that a canon and then see everybody get really angry. See, that's what I thought. When they he's when they first said that, I said the doctor's going to end up being the hybrid. He's two warrior races. Doesn't mean it's a Dalek. It could be human. Yeah, 
you know, I, I would be all right with the doctor being half human. Of course, they're not going to do that. But I think that would be just the fallout of that would be very entertaining. Oh, yeah. No, I I tell you what Sarah I could from the dead be like, are you serious? You're <laughs> half human. And you've been saying you humans this whole time. What's funny is so many people were uh, there were a lot of girls pissed that we didn't get a shirtless doctor scene. There what? there was a lot of pissed off girls because of, in oh, the in, in heaven. Said, oh, yeah, okay, when he yeah. Darcy out of the water, and then yes. everyone was like, "Oh my God, there's clothes. He's gonna have to change." Yeah, and there's like an actual pissed off movement online. Like, how dare they? <laughs> my heart did do a little leap. Like, are we about to see it? Oh, oh. And Eric. By the way, if you want to see that, um, watch the short sinking. Yes, true, true. And if you want to see the the bootay of the doctor, there is a horrible werewolf movie you can watch because <laughs> i'm a completist <laughs> as am i have you seen the horrible werewolf movie yeah. oh god it's so bad it's so bad and the ending is him basically doing a ass and evil dead the first evil dead scream it's so bad. <laughs> i can't even remember what it's called I, uh, I don't remember. Either. I have to look it up now because Google Peter Capaldi bad werewolf movie. Oh God, it's so bad. Why, Peter? I think he did it as a favor because they oh, were no. filming it and um, they were filming it in um, they, it was filmed in Scotland. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, and uh, God, what was it called? No, I can't remember. Oh, by the way, he is coming back in Paddington in the sequel. Oh, it's Wild Country. It's called Wild Country. And it's bad. It's very bad. <laughs> and his name is Father Steve. Yeah. Father Steve. Creepy is, father. He's the naughty vicar. If you... <laughs> creepy, creepy vicar. <laughs> but there is booty. There is That's booty. always been my nickname for Capaldi anyway. <laughs> the creepy he's a naughty vicar. vicar. The naughty vicar. He's a naughty vicar. Does he think he looks like Frollo? <laughs> he does look like Frollo. <laughs> oh my God! No, no fire. I I miss Rishlu. Oh God, I miss him so much. Oh, I, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. I am too. I miss Malcolm. Oh, <laughs> Malcolm. I miss Malcolm too. No. I want him to come back in World War Z and be the hero of the whole damn movie in the sequel. Yeah. I really, really do. I want him to be the hero. The Who Doctor is the hero. Well, of course he is. It turns out he's just the doctor. <laughs> he's just... He solves it. Here, I solved it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, guys, um, we uh, this has been our extra long episode. I want to thank Aaron for coming on. Aaron, do you have anything upcoming? I know Miss Aaron and I have the same taste in men. We do. It's it's <laughs> insane. It's creepy like we share a brain. It's very weird. Like I will randomly get into like a fandom and then I'll be like, oh my god, she's here. Oh Aaron's here. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'll get something new and you'll be like, I love him. (laughs) Really? It's very strange. It started with it started way back with Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. And then it went. We're all very different men, by the way. We have very. (laughs) But we all locked on them. (laughs) Well, well, Jackie Earl Haley is like the the 
the one on the side because he's Ooh, short. Side piece. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's short and doesn't have hair. Right. The other two are Peter Capaldi, who's very he's he's actually tall, has beautiful head of hair on him. And then the other one is Jim Varney. Who's very tall, lanky, and had great hair. Yes, lovely hair as well. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, good old Jim Varney. Eric, Eric's like, what the heck? That's right. That, that <laughs> wild card. That's... No, I'm like, I you get know it. What? I Jim get Varney. it. And then Jessica's like, me too. And I was like, really? So I go, Dr. Otto and the Riddle and the Goombeam. And she's like, <gasps> my world has changed. Uh, yeah, I love me some Jim Varney. I, I, <laughs> And Eric's that is kind of my big project right now. My big personal project is doing my earnest podcast. And it's great. Cause she oh, goes, thank you. I go deep. She goes deep. She does nothing out. My friend David and I, uh, yeah, we go deep into the, all the earnest canon. It's called earnest goes to podcast <laughs> because what else would we call it? <laughs> and you did, you did the animation for the, the cute logo, didn't you? Yeah. I did a little drawing of him like with an iPhone confused Aaron also went as <laughs> to comic cons in character yeah I went to comic con I was recognized by six people <laughs> <laughs> but I I love Jim Varney too and I there was a time in my life like I told Aaron where I literally watched Dr. Otto and the riddle of the gloom beam probably at least once a week that's a great choice. That's I, a great what's funny is then both of them ended up in Top Hat and Tails. Oh. Very similar Top Hat and Tails in two of the things they've done. That's that. See, there's why. There. Uh, uh, have you seen that? The thing that he, no. Capaldi did the, the creepy guy in the, te- the Top Hat. And this is oh, t- yes. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. The similar like show many characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We love a good showman. Yeah, I want a magician. Give yeah. me a magician. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with looking and you like charisma. Yeah. Charismatic men. Yes, that's a that's a good word. Yeah, Guerrero. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh God, I miss that show. Yeah, if you care. Uh, yeah, check out my podcast. We're having a ton of fun with it. <laughs> we have seven reviews. It's a great podcast, though, and and even if you're like. Why the hell would I want to listen to people talk about Ernest? For you would be amazed uh-huh. <laughs> at the stuff they come up with, and it makes sense. Like we get our head cannons. Like this is why it makes sense. He's a goddamn alien. <laughs> <laughs> we have a theory that he is Doctor Who. At least that's my theory. <laughs> that Ernest is Doctor Who. I would. I would be okay with that. Yeah. A uh, Dr. Otto, man, because he comes out of that thing and it's mm-hmm. bigger on the inside. And he comes out as different people. people. Yeah. Yeah. See? Er- Eric's just like, I- they're both insane. It all yeah. ties together. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. Now that somebody's on my side, though, so I'm not insane. No, <laughs> it's not it, the it, only one. You know, see, I need to watch that again. I need to go back and watch Dr. Otto again. Because you gotta love a, a movie that starts out with a song, that that's first line is "Our love festers like an open wound." That's an original song. That's a great song. Yeah, the grossest song about love. <laughs> that's a great movie. It's, it's like called the doctor. Years. 
completely obscure, completely bizarre, weird, funny. It's just a Jim Varney showcase where he's like, I'm just going to play every character. I guess we also like men that can hold don't need any other actors. Ernest P. Worrell didn't need anybody else on screen with him. It's true. He didn't need anyone else either. Oh, nope. It makes sense. It's, it's all true. God, we figured it out. The <laughs> doctor's real name is Ernest. That's <laughs> it. That's exactly what it is. He's going to reveal it. It's going to be Ernest P. Moore. Ernest P. Basil. <laughs> he spells, he spells uh, Basil with a P. <laughs> and his, his, his final companion will be Vern. <laughs> oh my god, Absolutely. Vern is the, actually the name of the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Christmas time, so if you watch Ernest Saves Christmas, my headcanon is that the girl in it with him is his companion. Oh my his god. Companion to his doctor. Oh, and, and the evil Ernest in Ernest Goes to Jail is the master. The master. <laughs> yes! <laughs> We've you've lost so much of your listenership I, by uh... now. But gained so many more. <laughs> it all makes sense. It all makes sense now. I can sleep tonight. Oh my god. We figured it out. All right. Well, on that note, now that we have made the connection, um, we are going to say goodnight to you all. Thank you, Aaron, for coming on and talking Doctor Who. This was so much fun. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll have to have you back for the Christmas special. Ooh, I can't wait. Oh, God, I can't wait. Yeah, I, everyone else wants it to just be them making out, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's what I want. I, I, <laughs> but it, I'll just want them to make out the whole 45 minutes, hour. I'm yeah. Okay. I never thought it would happen, but she's here. So Look, look at the, the hair. The glorious hair, my TV, hair versus hair. My hair, the, the TV is going to destroy, be destroyed by the hair. The, the hair <laughs> overload. The gorgeous hair that's on the screen. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and someone made a point that that thing that they're fighting in the picture looks like Baymax, and it's true. <laughs> it's like evil Baymax takes on the picture. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Aaron, again for coming on. We'll have to have you back for our Christmas special for sure. Yay. Yay! Yay! Thank you guys again, and we will see you next week on Fangirl Radio.